I may need to let the dog out of here. I'm going to find out if... Ooh, uh, ooh. Yeah. You did it. Damn it. You did it. Uh, he's got one way to communicate, and it's just loudly barking. Oh, I thought it was shitting on the floor. This is one way to communicate. <laughs> he's got two ways. <laughs> two, two ways. Just make sure he's not watching the uh, OKC Houston series. <laughs> <laughs> not on my rug. It'll be in the bed. It'll be in the bed right <laughs> If it goes to game seven, keep him out of the bed. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 471, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the firing of Nate McMillan and the fallout. Uh, plus, we're going to have a stat of the week and our annual Undebeat Awards for the Pacers. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Unbeatables? Shout out to fall. We're, we're almost there. September. That's right. That's right. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. Are you eating something while you did my intro? Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like 400 episodes in. Don't I deserve a little bit better than that? I mean, you didn't chew during Jason's intro. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it again, if you'd like. No, it's fine. It's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. All right, whatever. That's right. <laughs> It was a I was preemptive action for you. I knew it was thirsty Thursday. What do you have to you gotta do? You gotta drink. That's right, drink up. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. That was an excellent intro, Joey. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. And I appreciate you. Nice clear mouthed intro you got. John Harper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh wow uh, well before we start the show we'd like to remind you that you can support us anytime uh, you shop on Amazon uh, it doesn't cost anything extra but if you follow the link in the show notes or go to the unbeatables.com slash Amazon uh, kicks a small percentage back to us gentlemen we have been uh, discussing this for, for a long time and uh, more confused by the way it happened, but uh, the Pacers had extended Nate McMillan's contract, and then they canned him. Um, 
and this and to me honestly i i thought that uh you know I, i've let this be known on the show but i thought that uh, pritchard and, and nate were a package deal and um you know he's the one that fired him so uh i you know i was wrong on that one so uh and i'm happy to be wrong you know i think mm-hmm. that the, the 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 results were not there i think he was uh even in the press release the pacers put out about the firing they mentioned his 3 and 16 record in the playoffs uh which I thought was a little uh, uh like unnecessary a little, <laughs> a little bit but uh, uh anyway he gone and uh the coaching search has begun uh, I'm not sure if it started before then but uh it, it is on so Jason um do you think this is the right decision? And uh, where are we going next? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think I voiced a pretty concerted argument for the fact that we needed a different coach and was uh, sort of disappointed that we had inked Nate McMillan to an extension before we got to see him flame out in the playoffs and uh, wondered the logic behind that. Um, turns out that it was actually an ex- not an extension, but a, a reworking of his contract that added, quote-unquote, a team option for the year after his contract ended. Uh, but that wasn't announced to the public until rumors started to sort of swell, I guess, in the bubble. And then they announced it as an extension. And it seemed like even in an article by uh, Bob Kravitz that was in The Athletic that even Nate still to this day thinks it's an extension or something. I don't know. Um, who knows? Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good move. I think it's time for a change for this team. I mean, I, you know, we have, uh, you know, extolled all of the limitations of a Nate McMillan coaching job i think he's a fine coach but he's not a great coach um that being said it is like a weird feeling when you see a guy lose his job like it was a weird mix of emotions for me like i was i was happy on the one hand but also like yeah that kind of sucks um yeah anywho as far as where we go now, I don't know. I think I'm really interested to hear what you guys think on this because the <clears throat> buzz on the street is Mike D'Antoni, but then there's other buzz that do they want a programmatic, a program builder type coach, which D'Antoni doesn't necessarily mean like the, seem like that type of guy to me. But I don't know, Harper. What did what did you think? Good move. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with those sentiments. I will say I've probably been the meanest about calling for Nate McMillan's head over the, <laughs> over the past few years. Um, so, I, you know, I, I will say thanks to Nate. He got us through some tough times. It hasn't been a super easy road. We've been through a lot, and, you know, he, he did everything that he could to try and keep this team together. But at the end of the day, yeah, it, I mean, we have reached – the Nate McMillan ceiling, I think, and in order for us to make another step, uh, we do have to find, you know, the next great coach. Um, 
I'm also not a huge Mike D'Antoni fan, but he does check a box for me. I mean, you're not going to find a lot of better offensive minds in the NBA than Mike D'Antoni. Um, that said, I'd be surprised if Houston ends up parting ways with him on some level. Um, his contract's up this year. Um, to me, this I, I I don't know I don't see he I don't, I don't see D'Antoni coming to Indiana. I feel his agents may be pushing up his value <laughs> so that he can get a bigger contract, uh, but I don't see him landing here. Uh, I think that you know Mark Jackson is going to get a lot of airplay uh, because of his you know connection to the team, uh, and also certainly understands how offenses work in the NBA, having been a you know. Uh, premier point guard I still have not strayed from and am surprised by the fact that Fizdale is still out there I feel like I'm missing something I don't know what it is uh, not yeah, definitely more of a defensive coach but I, I, I just I feel like he's a guy that can help build your organization right um, going to New York was a terrible move for him I feel like getting the stink of that off him uh, has taken some time uh, but I'll take a shot on the guy. So, uh, like you, uh, Jason and 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 Harper as well. Like I, we we as a as a podcast have um, talked a lot of crap about Nate, um, but it's clear if you talk to anybody that knows him that he's an incredibly stand up man. Um, that he has, uh, I think we all have acknowledged that he's done a great job of building a culture for this team, accountability, um, responsibility, uh, and unity. And, um, you know, I, I thank him for that. And, and I, and I, um, I am sad that he lost his job. Um, but I agree that, you know, it sort of felt like, um, I think I think the paper put it as we've been treading water, you know, and and uh, that's great because we're a small market team. We've overachieved in the uh, you know in the regular season potentially based on what people have always claimed we were going to do, uh, but we're not advancing in the playoffs. We haven't shown any development in that direction. Um, one could point out that uh, last year we were without Victor Oladipo. Um, and that this year we're without DeMontis Sabonis. And, you know, there was, a, I think, ownership and, um, you know, the, uh, the brass had a choice to make. Do we give this guy one more chance to see if we can come back um, better uh, if we're healthy and maybe make, um, you know, advancement in the playoffs? But I think – we also agree that we saw enough in this series to to know that there weren't a lot of uh, tricks in the bag, and uh, it's time to see something new. What what a new vision could do with these same players, right? Um, I think that means a lot of stuff, though, because I think a new vision of this offense is also going to direct, you know, the kind of players we have on this team and the kind of um, offense we try to run. Um, and if you bring in a D'Antoni, you know, you're not going to run a two-man big lineup, right? Um, you're going to – I mean, you don't need – you know, 
you have to choose between a Sabonis and a, and a Miles Turner. Like, there's a lot of things that come out of that. I mean, I'm still surprised he plays five people on defense some nights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you may not even have a one big man lineup. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. It could be uh, T.J. Warren is playing center. Um, he just however, doesn't seem like a good fit, right? D'Antoni also doesn't check off the box of like a lot of playoff success. I mean, yes, he got those Phoenix teams to um, the Western Conference Finals, but like he's not. Uh, he's shown some flameouts with this this Houston team, um, and and if he does get fired this season, it will because his team flamed out early again. Um, so is that is that really the way you want to go? Um, I, I don't know. Before you move be on from that, stri- I will say in defense of Dan Tony, turning Harden and that Rockets team into what they are versus what I thought they were when he took over. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of road between there and here, and he's taken them to greater heights than I thought he was going to. I mean, I just didn't know who James Harden was, and he did a great job getting that guy to where he is. For sure. Oh no, I'm not saying he's not an offensive genius by you know um, by any measure, uh, and he's proved it in multiple organizations. Um, and if you have a Dan Burke on your staff, which assuming I mean he's he basically comes with the franchise, right? Like he's been with the team for over twenty years. Like mm-hmm. then you could still assume that maybe a D'Antoni team would still maybe even try try a little bit on D. That you could work that out. Um, it does seem a little bit um, too convenient. I'm I'm with you, Harper. Like maybe it's just a um, you know a bid for a bigger contract with Houston. Um, he's. It doesn't quite seem to fit in my head, at least. Um, we want to get better as an offensive team, but like, is this the answer? Yeah, and I mean, I think that um, if you put if you got Dan Tony and Dan Burke in a room, th- something might explode. I don't know. Like, it's like matter antimatter yeah, situation. Exactly. Yeah. No good. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, that's an interesting combination. But yeah, I mean, I've heard Kenny Atkinson's name sort of tossed around as like all of a sudden we're like a developmental I mean he's he's thought of as a developmental coach and while we certainly have young guys on this team I feel like we're you know when you have a team that's that's you know perennial playoff ish you're not in a development phase you're not trying to get these guys up to 35 wins next season or whatever like we're trying to take the step from from middle of the pack to top of the pack right and I think that's a different type of coach uh, but couldn't you opinion, argue yeah. that Kenny Atkinson has only been coaching these really young teams and getting more production out of them than they, than they you know um, than people assumed, um, and that, well, that if he took over a team you know that was more middle aged and more experienced and already making the playoffs, that maybe he could, uh, you know, the teams that that uh, have played under him seem to uh, have great chemistry and to overachieve, right? Right, but so do so do the teams that Nate McMillan coaches, right? So good point. I mean, I, not I, a lot of experience that like from the Kenny Atkinson. Changing horses yeah. midstream for no reason. I don't know, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Fizz, you know, obviously, I'm also a Fizdale fan. I don't understand why he doesn't have a job. There must be something I don't know about. That's all I can he, think. He right? doesn't get along with people or something like that. Um, you know, we we toss him around the name Becky Hammond all the time. Like, it'd be great to give give her a shot. Um, yeah, I don't. Jock Vaughn might be out there. Can we get the well coach Jock Vaughn to well coach sure. team? Sure, sure. I I think another way to look at this too is just 
it's important to understand that one of the things that we need to do is figure out where we're at with Vic, <laughs> right? Yes, because that is the, this pick the has everything to do dominant. with everything, right? If we think that the right pick here helps us keep Vic, then we need to go out and find that guy. But if we're not sure, then then I think we are in a more of a rebuilding mode, right? And I and I think that this might actually tell us something about what we think our future looks like over the next 18, 24 months. But but are we would we be in that big of a rebuilding mode if we if we say traded Vic, which is there's tons of rumors going around that he's on the trading block now and you know, he's going into the last year of his contract. Sure. So if he's not Poor happy choice of words. We can't, we can't afford him. Poor choice right. of words, developmental, not rebuilding. Because at right, that point, right. Jason, our two but, best but players my, would what, be 24 years old, you know, and they're both bigs. And you've also got like an Aaron Holland. Like, I mean, you know, if you lose Vic as the centerpiece of your team. I, I disagree. I think that we're even without Victor Oladipo, we have two all-stars on the team. Right. Right. Brogdon but I still Oli- think that there's a lot of bonus, right? But I still think that there's a lot of development that needs to be done, right? Sure. Brogdon's, sure. Brogdon. I mean, and, anytime and, you've got a roster that young. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, nobody's on the backside of their, uh, you know, their peak at this point, right? They're all. But it's not. But I would say they're all that 28 the and below. That we have, like, have already proven themselves to be NBA players. When I think of a developmental For sure. coach, I think For of sure. a guy that takes dudes that are you know rookies are very young or borderline people you know and shapes them into teaches them how to be an nba player okay and i think we've already crossed that threshold and now we need to go to the next threshold i'm thinking more of like nick nurse with siakam okay and you know even og and and like guys who weren't heralded i mean what he has done with that team the talent that he has gotten out of a team that wasn't really ready to compete for a championship right and Mm -hmm. what he has done there has been amazing you look at what pop did with Kawhi, right i mean i think that that's a real i mean even getting the best out of harden i mean nobody really understood what harden was going to become or okc would have never ever traded him right Mm -hmm. um there's a lot there and and like i said i just you know i think that I think that this team thinks that they can hold on to Vic, but he's going to be have, have to be so central to that process. Um, and having lived through the Paul George years, like I just I, I have this fear that we end up picking someone for Vic and we still can't keep him. For and sure. now we're locked into a coach that doesn't make sense for us. That's my fear. For sure. so, so your advice would be just get the coach and see if Vic's cool with it? Because I mean, because I mean, we no, certainly not. But don't we need? But don't we need? But wouldn't you love to live in a world where you have a Rick Carlisle, where who you just like know he's going to be the coach for you for the next ten years? He's going to be a coach that matters, or or a Brad Stevens or a Nick Nurse, and you go, okay, look, I've got this guy. He's here for six to eight years, and he's we're going to just get better and develop under him. Wouldn't that be ideal? <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. If we can find a Hall of Fame coach that nobody has yet, yes, we should sign. <laughs> so or let's do that. Him. Well, so uh, so you know that's why you throw out a, a name like a Becky Hammond. Um, my argument against that would be that I think Pop's already got her lined up to take over his position when he's gone. 
I don't think she's going to take another job. Somebody should tell Tim Duncan. Mm. Yeah. It's true. Um, there's, uh, you know, it's, you know, Kenny Atkinson hasn't had that much time to prove himself. It could be that he's, you know, he is the next great bright mind. Um, you yeah, know, he I just mean, he's only had one job, basically. Right? He's only yeah. had the next and, job, right? Yeah, and he over yeah uh, he overproduced with the with the team he had, and then they brought in these superstars, and they were like, ah, well, this doesn't fit anymore. But like, doesn't mean he's shown what he can do, right? Um, with a with a really quality team. Yeah, true. I mean, Brett Brown's out there. We could get him. Yeah, Jorger's out there. Jaeger. Yep. Oh, Jaeger. I like Jaeger. I like Jaeger too. Um, I I love Mark Jackson. Um, I will always love Mark Jackson. Um, I think that the team has to buy into you know his religious stuff. I mean that's what it comes down to, right? I mean he, it, that's such a part of his coaching thing. You'd have to have a locker room that's willing to kind of go with that stuff. I think that's one of the reasons he hasn't been rehired. Also, he has some trouble with management potentially, but I think potentially <laughs> I, I, I still think I still think he. Uh, he built the cake or whatever that ended up being the the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, I think, I think he's a good coach. Yeah. So, so there are some other names out there. Ty Lue, I I don't know what I'm missing. He gets so much talk around the league is like, I, I don't know, whatever. Someone's gonna hire that guy. I just I don't want it to be us. I just want that on the record. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna back you on that. How many coaching yeah. positions are open right now? Is it like six, like something like that? There, there's a. Lot Has anyone of- thrown out the Jim Boylan as a possibility? <laughs> not, not yet. No, not yet. We were we were building to that. That was, I think, all going to be our consensus pick. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's how we build the consensus. Slow yeah. rolling <laughs> to, to Jim Boylan. Um, other names that are out there that maybe are a little bit less well-known, uh, Charles Lee has been moving up around the league, his stock. He's uh, Bud's assistant six years now. He actually came with him from Atlanta. Uh, apparently, people are pretty high on this dude. Adrian Griffin. Yeah, who's, that, uh, that's the name uh, that came up in the uh, Indy Star. Yeah. Um, so he's on Nick Nurse's staff. He also played in the league. I'm sure many listeners will remember. Um, I, I would not be mad to get somebody off the uh, the Nick Nurse tree at the moment. He seems yeah. pretty good. Yeah, they say um, he is like one of the rising uh, you know coaches in the NBA. Although he is uh, defensive minded, he's the defensive coach, and the Pacers are probably looking for an offensive minded coach. So that might hurt him a little bit in the picking process. I mean, he may also understand his weaknesses better and find go out and find someone <laughs> who can yeah. do that for him because it's not his job to call every play. It's his job to run an organization, right? So, right. Um, and then, uh, of course, the Van Gundys, the whole Van Gundy family's out there for you if you want it. So, Pass. Man. What about the... <laughs> <laughs> What's what's uh, Brian Shaw doing these days? What is Brian Shaw doing? Yeah, he uh, he was a hot guy for a while. He was—is he a Lakers coach? Oh, you know what? So he was he was uh, he was at the Lakers under uh, Luke Walton, and now it looks like he's a coach in the G League. Oh, okay. Well, should we um, think of this through the eyes of Pritchard, like? 
is there a guy that he knows and trusts from his past that I mean that's yeah, how the Nate thing worked out, right? So actually, okay, so so this raises another question for me, which is who is making these decisions? Who is so I guess I don't understand our structure. So Pritchard is the president of basketball operations, but Chad Buchanan is the general manager. But then Donnie Walsh and Larry Bird are just hanging out special in the advisors wings of yeah. the the catacombs of Banker's Life. Yep. Wielding veto Sprinkling power. Sprinkling in advice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it really, this whole thing sort of smells of a too many cooks in the kitchen situation. Potentially. In some way, right? Like, like the Nate, like Nate came to them and was like, hey, I'd love to talk about my contract. And, and they're like, yeah, about that. Mm, how about we do this? We'll give you, we'll do a team option for like one more year. How's that sound? <laughs> Just to like shut him up, basically, and like, yeah, I don't. Do you guys have a sense of who's is there? Is there? Pritchard seems like the guy in charge, or is Pritchard just the guy that's good at talking to the media? Oh, I I think Pritchard's definitely in charge of the search, but okay. but like I said, I think those other guys have veto power, right? And okay, you know they're you know they're retired, right? But like they also still very much have their you know their fingers all up in it all up in yeah. the pie yeah chad buchanan strikes me more as the overall guy who worries about you know the building and the you know concessions and the <laughs> i feel like he's he's he generally manages things yes yeah i i feel like he's yeah like i feel like pritchard is the guy steering this ship and he just has some uh, some lieutenants okay Okay, that's I, I I trust that Pritchard is is running the show here. I don't get like there's a mutiny in 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 the works or anything like that. No, I didn't think there was a mutiny. I just didn't know if there's there's weird power. You know stuff what? Happening. What is the saying in uh, in football? If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Like, yeah. Hmm. I will throw one other name out there. Uh, Rick Carlisle's defensive coordinator, Jamal Mosley. Again, defensive-oriented mm. guy. Maybe not the best fit, but people are very high on him, and I certainly trust the Carlisle tree as well. Right. Um, you know, he's a guy who understands organizationally what it takes uh, to win and, you know, maintain a winning culture. So, Do we have uh, – Harper, you're uh, better at this than I am by far a uh, sense of – college coaches uh, that are out there that might we might pull off of something it's me yeah shaka khan jason (laughs) we do not want to hire shaka khan (laughs) Um, just khan i don't know i don't follow college basketball at all um we get that guy that uh cleveland hired and fired last year beeline yeah, be sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's a uh, Jawan Howard out there. He's in Michigan right now. Sure. Okay. One one uh, possibility. Uh, I've brought it up to you guys privately, but now I think it's time for uh, us to discuss this publicly. Is uh, the Lance Stevenson player coach option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's always out there. Because I think it, it would be nice to utilize him. A you know, once he comes off the floor, he's not able to contribute. Uh, unless he's the coach, 
and I think that's a way we could maximize the lance. And that would the also the lance effect. The lance effect, which would which would uh, also uh, just vault him. Where would that put him on the top twenty-five? If he was a player coach, he would move in the top five for sure. Well, listen. Buchanan. And also, he'd be coming back for the third time, which I, he, you might actually just take over Reggie as the number one spot. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, so we're all just kind of throwing out names that are possibilities. Is there anything that you definitely like don't want to see? So, like, is Jason? Yeah, Tyron defi- Lue. <laughs> okay, so Harper's definitely out on Tyron Lue. Are you definitely out on uh, Mike D'Antoni, Jason? Are you are you sort of interested in that? It's not my first choice. I wouldn't be super excited. It would be a fun team to watch for a year. Like, yeah, we'd certainly. I mean, he's a legit Hall of Score a lot of points and win a legit Hall of Fame coach, right? Like, but man, all right. Well, this is a this is a massive, massive organizational decision that they don't come up very often. So, um, I hope they take their time um, and. Whereas the last time we made this decision. <laughs> well, see, I this mean, is silver lining to COVID. You're not going to bump into Bill Baino in the hallway and just offer yeah. him the head coaching job. So. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And also, I would like to think, I would like to think that we already know who we want. Like, if, if, if they pull the trigger on this fast, I would probably be okay with it. Like, if we know who we want. And I've been thinking sure. about this for a while. I'm good with that. Like the writing has been on the wall here for a while. This isn't, you know, it's not like Nate got swept and then we were like, oh no. We know we knew what his record was. Before. Wait a minute. <laughs> three times in four years now. Three and twelve, three and sixteen, whatever, right? So I I would like to think that they've already got a very short list of people that they would like to speak with. I would like to see if we get get through it quickly figure out how our team feels about it and uh, get the right guy before some other team gets our guy. Cause there's a lot of people yeah. looking for coaches. Fair enough. Um, I, I hope that the next coach uh, instills the same sort of uh, toughness and hustle um, that, uh, that Nate did, but also is that uh, also knows how to do a uh, out of bounds play and yeah. um, can have the team figure out how to rebound the basketball. So those I are mean, the, those are the, that's all my, I'm asking I, for I, I think Dan Burke can handle the tough. Yeah, fair mm, enough. True, fair enough. I'm, I'm what I'm hoping is that the higher ups have like a drill for this, like the, the <laughs> you know, at any point that you know, if you're in the, you know, if you're in the top echelon of the leadership, and they say, hey, uh, execute, you know, planned get coach or whatever they call it, um, it's a secret. That they all plan. know what to. That they all know what to do, and you know, there's no surprises. And they say, "Oh yeah, I gotta call these five people or whatever, get get them on the line, and uh, bring them into workout or whatever you do with coaches." I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> bring them in, let them run a scrimmage, see how it goes. Yeah. And then if that's the case, Stan Van's my guy. <laughs> Stan Van. Sandman calling these games, it's so, um, uh, what is it? It's weird for me because his voice, he sounds like this guy, Brendan, who's in our um, uh, fantasy football league, Joey. Do you, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his voice is exactly yeah. like Brendan's. And I'm always like, oh, 
gosh. It's kind of cool, but then it's also stand Dan. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've covered that one. Uh, we, we, you know, we'll we'll see what we get. I'm excited to see whatever direction they go. You know, we, there's some cool things um, that could happen, and uh, you know, it's time for a fresh start. Maybe maybe Bird was uh, onto something before, but uh, I don't know. Shout out anyway. To Nate. Let's take yeah. Shout out to Nate. Um, you know, I think you know. Good news for him is uh, you know he's getting paid for another year and he doesn't have to work. So sure. You know he he's stay got at time home to get it. You know, get it get his Shelter resume in, in order and. Getting that Monte and, uh, Ellis money, <laughs> but at least it doesn't count against the cap, so that's even yeah, better. That's true. Well, uh, gentlemen, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back in the second half. And we've got our undebuted awards. We need to get at you with. It's going to be shocking. There's going to be hot takes. Hot takes. We are back from the break. The first thing we got is uh, in the second half. It's my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. So you guys know every 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 week I'm bringing to you the hot numbers. Uh, well, election season's coming up real soon. We, we've been talking about this a fair amount. Uh, we mentioned uh, the last show and. and Probably lots of other times. You hear not just from us. It's it's important to, to uh, register to vote and get out there and, and, and vote every time. Um, and uh, we hear this from the NBA. Um, uh, well, it turns out that uh, not a hundred percent of the players are even registered to vote. Hmm, I didn't mm. I didn't know that. You guys know what percentage? Apparently, Chris Paul. Uh, uh, you know, he's been making a big deal about this. Um, Apparently, uh, only twenty percent of of NBA players Ooh. that are eligible uh, really? are are registered to vote. Mm. Damn, um, that's even less than the national average. That's not good. yeah. So that's just registered. So that's not even like who's going to vote. But um, I mean, I yeah. get part of it. I mean, I, I understand the the difficulty. You're you're yeah. you're traveling all the time. You might be in a new you're, city. Yeah, exactly. You you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be it's got to be a priority for you. So particularly when you're moving around so much. Um, but, uh, 
They have, 20%. Have, they have people who help them move. Like, that should be on their list to get that done. Like, these guys don't do the logistics of their move. These teams handle that, right? Like, right. Yeah. Well, they need to add one more thing on the checkbox, which is once you get here, we're going to go f- get you registered to vote. Yeah. Yeah, you don't or, have to go anywhere. Or, I mean, I think it raises a broader, you know, systemic thing that or policy thing that we need to do is it just needs to be easier to register to vote. Like, don't don't most states when you get a driver's license you're yeah registered to vote okay yep so these guys don't get driver's licenses yeah well they they get they have drivers right like no they have fast cars and like to drive yeah but like if you have a driver's license in california where you live in the off season you don't need one in indiana if you're just going to be there for while you're working right yeah, but well, still, but you would have had to get the driver's license at some point. Yeah, and you register yeah. in California. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Just get an absentee ballot. Yeah. Register to vote. Find and out your do it. polling place. Make a plan to vote and do it. Yeah. And if you're having trouble, again, votesaveamerica.com. It will find out if you're registered. It will help you register or, you know, go to your local uh, government website. And if you're a friend of mine, you might get a a phone call and leave a voicemail for you that says, come on, Joey, got to go do our civic duty. Let's go vote. As long as as it doesn't say jury duty, I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) It's Joey duty is what it says. (laughs) Oh, Catherine's on Joey duty right now. (laughs) (laughs) Permanently for all time. Yeah, permanently. God bless that woman. (laughs) Yeah. See, uh, it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, it is time for the twenty. What year? I don't know. What year is this? Twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, Pacers Undebeat Awards. Um, we do have um, one of our awards to hand out. I think. The under, the, uh, as I've t- uh, called them, the the, uh, the underbeat awards. We'll just make everybody else a winner. And this year, it's extra special because we're including the bubble games, including the warm-up games and the games we got swept out of the playoffs. Do we have to include that? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Option. I want to say this uh, for the listeners and remind the host as, as well, but uh, these are our awards, and we would do whatever the hell we want. That's right. So if you're asking a question about should we, the answer is 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, Colson, I think you are the – do you want to run, run these? Or? The keeper of the I mean, I like these – I, I do love the NBA awards. I if you can remind me what all the uh, positions are. No, I got this. <laughs> you got it. Sure. All right. You sure. might want to send him the script. Yeah, you send me the script. <laughs> oh, oh, Here, I, asked this- for, I asked for uh, I asked for access. Apparently, I don't know on Google. No, that is stocks, and it oh, said I would is, email I'm just you. Put- you should uh, check your email. I asked for access. Oh, it's those. when was this? Uh, like oh, that's dur- too during easy. our break. Okay. Okay. First time he's asked for uh, 
access to it. I'm assuming that I'm assuming I've never checked the script since we started the show. I'm assuming that it's been rescinded at some point. Probably times out or something. Right. Yeah. After (laughs) six years. years. uh, Yeah. Thanks for your help with the scripts, <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Coulson. I do what I can. I'm no better, but I'm pretty sure my permissions are still good. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's run this thing. Um, we're gonna uh, start out the uh, Pacer specific Undebeat Awards with the most improved Pacer. So, again, these are mm. our awards. Interpret it how you want. I like to think about it from the pacer that was on the team last year versus this year. But if you want to bring in the guy that wasn't there, whatever you want to do, it's your award. It's our awards. Um, I'm going to start with Joey on this. Who is your most improved pacer? I've been pretty happy with... Uh uh, Demonis Sabonis is um, he's been great obviously and but I mean last season he was coming off the bench which I think uh, I disagreed with and, and other people did as well but you know he you know regardless he went from being a, a bench player to an all-star in one season so um, for me that's a that's a Sabonis in my book it's a very good pick Joey yeah, I think that's just probably the right answer. I think we made a play on this show for MIP for the league for this guy. Yes, so it's hard did. to say that he <laughs> that he wasn't the most improved guy on our team as well. Um, you know, having hindsight of the bubble, I mean, TJ Warren made one heck of an effort uh, in those seeding games uh, for this award while while Domus was out of the bubble. Uh, I mean, he was just phenomenal. Uh, and, and just a shame that he couldn't be healthy throughout and, and keep it up. Uh, but that's it. I've got huge hopes for, for TJ Warren uh, next year. He's going to have a phenomenal year. Um, but for me this year, it's, it's Domus. Also, I do want to give a, a honorable mention to um, Aaron Holiday. Who? I thought he's... he's Aaron <laughs> uh, Holiday... Uh, he's been phenomenal this year, and uh, he's made a good jump. So he's been he's been solid. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I had T.J. Warren written down. Um, you know, almost for within year improvement uh, mm. as a pacer. Mm. Um, you know, this is a guy that we came in. We knew he was a bucket getter, um, and. He, he actually improved his scoring average. He scored 18 a game last year for the Suns, where his only focus was, let's put the ball in the basket. And then he comes here to the Pacers, where there's a bunch of other talent around him, and he still he puts up 20, 20 a night, which is amazing. But the thing for me is that he rounded out his game a bit. He embraced this uh, culture in Indiana where we're playing defense and we're trying to win ball games and this was sort of the first time in his nba career that he was in that environment and he he loved it he fully embraced it um so that's who i had was tj warren but sabonis yeah. obviously I'm, I'm not gonna argue against sabonis sure <laughs> and, and i mean tj warren he was only taking 0.7 more shots a game this season but scoring mm. almost two points more and that's because super he shot efficient 
from the floor, 53%. This is not some seven-foot big man posted up in a paint, right? Mm-hmm. His three-point shooting actually went down year over year a little bit. He's still over 40%, which is great, but... Um, I mean, all that stuff is amazing. Were it not for the leap that Domus took, I mean, this would be a no-brainer. I mean, he just had mm-hmm. a, an incredible year with what he added defensively. Um, I'm super excited for next year for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm trying to remember the stat, and I, if I ever come up with it all, maybe I'll actually post it on the uh, Twitter or something. But um, there was something about uh, um, the amount of time that TJ Warren has the ball in his hands, um, and it was it's like 2.2 seconds, um, and versus and I think I think the most efficient scorer in the NBA currently is uh, Clay Thompson, and it's like 1.4 seconds or something like that. How, how often he has it in his hands? Um, he's just incredibly efficient. He doesn't dribble around. Um, he doesn't screw around. When you give him the ball, he goes, and you know, shows in the percentage. Really impressive. Yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, he's a good teammate, right? He's either got something, a look that he likes, and he's going to, or he's going to pass you the he ball, doesn't, or he's going to move the rock. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to go uh, with uh, Domas in this one as well. Uh, just a reminder to the fans: uh, this is not like our NBA Undebeat Awards, where we have to come up with some sort of uh, Quaker consensus. Uh, there's no right answer. We just all have our own opinion. So Jason's not wrong for TJ Warren even though he's wrong. <laughs> um, so uh, the next award here, uh, we've got uh, six man of the year, six, six man, six pacer of the year. I'm going to start with uh, Harper on this one. I am giving this to Aaron holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started half his games. Does that matter? Um, I'll tell you why it doesn't matter because we've asked so much from this guy this season. We've asked him to play basically one to three. Mm-hmm. We've asked him to come off the bench. We've asked him to start. We've asked him to fill in, uh, regardless of what we've asked of this guy, he's done it. Um, and for me, that's what this is really all about this award. Um, and he's absolutely, um, improved a ton this year i love what he does defensively even though he's undersized he's just a hard-nosed ball player he makes good decisions and he's getting better every game i'm so excited i love this is the first glimpse of a true point guard that i've had since like jamal tinsley uh and this guy's no Mm -hmm. jamal tinsley jason yeah i mean yeah i couldn't agree more about aaron he's he, he has turned himself into a true NBA player and is going to be in this league for a while, I think. Um, I, though, had um, uh, TJ McConnell written down here. Um, I had expectations for this guy coming into the season. I knew he was a solid contributor. I thought he was going to be our third point guard and, and sort of play when pressed, when we were pressed in this situation because of injury. Um turned out that no he was just the captain of our second unit that was you know a really effective bench unit all year which we haven't had in indiana for a while now so that was really fun to watch as long as we've been doing this pod we've had a terrible bench (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) and so i just thought that his his leadership and uh 
consistency from night to night was just yeah a, a real and and sort of a classic bench guy you know like he's he comes in just puts maximum effort and sure energy change of pace like all right. those things yeah no i so this is the thing i was um I'm trying to find awards for both uh, Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell because I think they've um, both been essential. I, I, I think um, McConnell has shaped that second unit, and so I'm going to give him sixth man just because he shaped the, the second unit, um, the bench itself. Uh, that, that team played at that pace, uh, at his pace, and it was, I, I think, the most effective bench we've had um, in, in – you know, memory, um, you know, um, it's not, you know, maybe the early 2000s with Harrington and Bender and stuff that, that we've had a bench that really had impact um, that could change a game. Um, and uh, I thought this team really did it. In fact, one of my um, major um, problems with the way that we played uh, in the playoffs is that we had established a bench that made good decisions that that was a change of pace that tended to score and played hard and we didn't play them in this playoff series um so uh, i'm gonna give uh, mcconnell the shout out but i'd really love to give that whole bench unit a shout out um you know because again aaron holiday was great in that in that shooting guard role in that bench so mm-hmm. um Joey? i almost feel like we just oh, need a ahead. new award for for tj in this one like his numbers didn't actually you know, go up year over year. He's still kind of the same guy, but he definitely gets the intangibles award, right? Like he's a coach on the, on the floor. He's a coach from the bench. He's a great locker room guy, son of a coach. And it shows, you know, like, uh, he definitely gets my intangibles award. Hmm. There you go. New, new award. Uh, Joey, who's your intangible award this year? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess we were talking uh, about six man. So go ahead. Six man. Uh, well, I, I want to give it to McConnell too. I I think. Uh, look, I love Aaron Holiday. Um, oh, who but, doesn't? God, he's great. Um, but I think. But I, so the thing is, yeah, I agree with all the stuff you guys have said. I think he's just he is uh, such an energy guy, and he just he's so positive and. Um, he is exactly what you need when it's time for the bench to come in. And I, I like his ceiling. I don't know that he's going to progress. Like I, he, I don't think he's going to be a, a starter. Um, but I think he's perfect where he is. I love having him there. Um, but I think Aaron holiday is, you know, started too many games this year. And I think he, his ceiling is, is higher. Oh, uh, for sure. Like sort of oh, sh- yeah. yeah. Aaron Holiday is going to be in this league for a long time and yeah. potentially a starter. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope McConnell is too, with just, just like running a bench. Right. Like, I think no, he's absolutely. fantastic. And it's, it's, it's a he rare thing ceiling. in this league. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a rare right. thing, though, to find a guy with that competitive edge who's also aware of his role and happy within it, right? Like, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. difficult to balance that, you know, the kind of ego that it takes to get to that level. Um, and also, you know, maintain being just you know a, a first flight teammate. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, let's lock this guy up as our as our bench captain for a lot of years. He's been fantastic. Um, we're gonna roll into rookie of the year again. Um, these are our awards. Interpret that how you'd like to. Um, so I'm gonna start. Um, 
Goga uh, is clearly uh, the guy that we drafted. He's our uh, official rookie. I thought he had a nice year. I thought he showed some flashes. Um, but my rookie of the year is um, a player that it's his first year on our team, Justin Holiday. Um, this is a guy that is pretty much out of the league. Um, and he came in and he earned himself probably a lot of money. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> um, he played fantastic defense. He shot the crap out of the ball from three. Um, he had great chemistry, particularly with his brother, which is nice, but also with that second unit in general. Uh, he was able to uh, switch between, you talked about uh, Aaron Holiday going one to three. We had uh, Justin Holiday going two to, to four, um, playing lots of positions, starting and on the bench. Just an indispensable player that we kind of picked up off the scrap heap uh, for low dollar, and I thought was had an uh, incredible season, and I really hope we can bring him back. So, so Justin Holiday is my rookie of the year. Just to piggyback on that, I think one of the benefits of getting him too is, you know, I, I think he helped bring Aaron along, right? He helps this guy feel comfortable in a new place, right? This this is a super huge win for us. Justin's probably had better statistical years in his career, but not on a more successful team um, and not the same kind of contributor that he was here. Uh, Really a great pickup and a great year for that guy. And we got to find a way to, to get him back if at all possible after the year that he had. Right. Um, Cause he's the three and D guy all of a sudden, right? That, that that's what everybody wants in the NBA is, is basically what Justin holiday provided for us this year. One of the few guys not on our contract joining Jakar Sampson and Alizé Johnson, uh, not not two-way players named Brian Bowen or Nas. Uh, right. That said, I will go au natural with an actual rookie, and I'll take Goga all day, every day. This guy, super fun. Um, I would. There, there were plenty of points in the season where I just needed more Goga in my life. Uh, during the seeding games, I thought he acquitted himself really, really well. I mean, when, when you're that young and working with NBA coaches for the first time, you can really see what even a couple of three months can do. This guy basically had an off season. And, and like I said, I, I, I thought he played great in the bubble. Um, he's got offense. He's got defense. Uh, he seems like a great teammate. He's competitive as hell. He can pass. Uh, I'm excited. This is a he's good, big. good pickup for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gigantic. He's unafraid. He's gigantic. <laughs> yeah. And unafraid. Big, yeah. I didn't, I, you know, he was definitely a rookie, but you're right. Like, he, he, he's not afraid, even though he's making some mistakes. Like, he's just out there. He's playing basketball. I like it. Right. I mean, if I had a rookie who wasn't out there making mistakes, there's a problem. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Joey, what do you think? Well, I do love I do love me some Goga, but my uh, my favorite pickup uh, it's gonna be Malcolm Brogdon. I think uh, mm. on the court and off, uh, he's been a, a tremendous pickup. Uh, big a big fan, and, I, and um, you know I just want to see this guy healthy and uh, kick an ass for the next uh, several years. Uh, I think he's been indispensable. He runs, you know, he runs the offense, and um, when he needs to, um, he'll pour in some points for you, uh, as he did in the playoffs. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what we needed then. Right. But, 
smooth as butter, and um, he's my guy. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Joe. That's the name I had written down. I mean, we had a lot of options here as there were tons yeah. of new pacers to this team. Mm-hmm. Um, guys that we haven't named yet, uh, Jeremy Lamb, Jakar Sampson, who's made some, some plays. Nazmi TJ Warren. Remember, remember <laughs> when Nazmi Trulong had a game? Like oh, yeah. Nets oh, and yeah. Like, nuts. like, that oh, was yeah. great. For sure. Um, yeah, but, but Brogdon... Um, if you look at his numbers, you would you would say he had a bad year. Um, his shooting numbers dipped quite a bit. Um, his scoring is basically flat. Um, but what he did for this team, especially early on, when we didn't quite know who our best player was, who was going to take shots in the last five minutes. You know, Oladipo was out what do we do? And there were games that Brogdon just took over and was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to the basket. I'm going to score. Um, you know, was a borderline all-star this year, definitely battled some injuries. You know, we've talked about his propensity for injury. Um, but the dude is, is a competitor, right? That much is clear. And I'm excited to see, you know, him grow with his team and, and yeah, get more minutes together with the guys that we brought him in to play with. Like there was, we saw so little of the lineup that we thought we were going to see all year. Um, I just want to see that more. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'll be honest. There were definitely times this year where I was disappointed with Malcolm Brockton, right? Because he's such Mm. a good ball player and I know he is. Um, But I think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, being part of a new team. And he's not a guy who's going to come in and ruffle a bunch of feathers. He's going to play within the offense and do what it takes. Uh, And it takes time to learn. I mean, uh, it already sounds stupid coming out of my mouth. To learn a new (laughs) offense, even though it's Nate McMillan's, I guess. Maybe even more so because it's chaos. Right. 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 But he's like a deferential ball player. You want me to do nothing on this? Was okay. Was anybody else worried about the fact that um, one of the reasons that Malcolm Brogdon said he signed with the team is because he wanted to play for Nate McMillan? No, no, Nate's a good okay. guy, man. No, what I'm saying is now that he's fired, is Malcolm Brogdon? I, be I think it's entirely dependent on who they replace. No, Malcolm him. is ready to coach this team. Malcolm's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just let are you asking if I'm worried? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Might have already been the plan. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's sorry, why Joe, you're right about the player play coach, for Nate McMillan because he knew that he could get Nate fired and take his job. Two jobs. <laughs> two for two paychecks. <laughs> Old player coach. Uh, speaking of coaches, uh, coach of the year, JT. Who's your? Uh, Isn't this is this is like a. You know, Joey votes for Popovich every year for Coach of the Year. Yes, he does. The yeah. NBA boards. This is just—it's yeah. de facto Dan Burke, right? Like this is just—we <laughs> just give the award for, and we walk away, right? Like I might give it this to Popovich. Uh, oh, no, interesting wrinkle. You can't do that. You could do, you could do the uh, undefeated award. I guess it is your awards. You can do whatever you want, Joey. Never mind. I was going to argue. We we didn't we put like Lillard on one of our teams at some point. No, that's Probably. on my top 25. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. that's right. That's what that was. Which is, you know, that's bullshit. 
<laughs> it's a fluid list, exempt, Joey. Exemption, you know? It's okay. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, this is a tough, toughie, right? Obviously, we just spent the whole first half talking about how our, our coach just got fired, so it's hard to give it to Nate. Uh, I mean, this team overachieved this year, and so, you know, I think a lot of that goes to the uh, – or credit is due to the organization and all the people that are part of it, and Dan Burke is a big part of that, so that's who. Yeah. With. I agree. I I was I, I had Nate down because I'm pretty sure that I've never given it to him before. You never so, have for sure. Yeah. Out of out of spite. <laughs> I just you know, going away present and party you're right, gift. we have overachieved <laughs> and he was certainly part of that and you know, he's been a part of holding yep. together a culture that has struggled. Um you know, and, and those struggles were not his fault. It was something that he had to deal with. And, he, you know, he, he did an admirable job. He's great with players. He's great with people. He gets good stuff. And, you know, the development that he got out of Domus this year and Aaron Holiday and TJ Warren, like, th- these are important things that he brought. Uh, and he deserves some credit for that. So. I, I agree. I'm giving it to Nate. I, I know he got fired at the end of the year. It's, it's sort of like uh, – uh, the the Raptors, uh, who was the coach when he, he got coached the year and they got fired? Dwayne Casey. Yeah, Dwayne Casey. I think he's sort of like. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll oh, yeah. take some Dwayne no, Casey. No, he's he a coach in the he's a, Yeah, he's in Detroit. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, are they still in the NBA? I thought they got relegated. That's why. You, that's why you haven't heard his name. <laughs> Just because they weren't. Poor in the Dwayne bubble. Casey doesn't mean they're not in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, they're dead to me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm giving it to Nate. Uh, I, I love some Nate. Uh, uh, I'll appreciate him always as, as a, a nice four-year stretch for the Pacers, despite the lack of, excuse me, despite the lack of playoff success, which I, you know, which clearly matters. Um, this isn't a, you know, a, a Jim O'Brien situation where I'm going to look back and be like, what the hell were we thinking? Like, this was a solid stretch of Pacer basketball. And uh, give Nate kind of his... Uh, is a four-year um, due. He gets this one. This yeah. is a like lifetime achievement. Lifetime award. achievement. Or, this is really yeah. Okay. Here's here's your gold watch. Yeah. Get the hell out on the way here. out the door. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it started weird. It ended weird. Here you go. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Kind of. That's what she to, said. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe, uh, do you have a? Uh, are you giving it to Pop? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll uh, I'll back off that one. What? That's uh, that's, that's outrageous, even for me. Yeah. Um, are you gonna give it no, to uh, T.J. McConnell? <laughs> no, I'm gonna give it to Dan Burke. Okay. He's the guy who who he's he's still the guy who's he's the longest tenured coach. He's the guy who's made the Pacers who they are, like the personality of the team. Yeah. And he's done. He's done his job, you know. He's done what he does. He's done that yeah. to the the full to the full extent of the law, you know. And maybe like, beyond. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he put in T.J. Warren's Wheaties, but man. Yeah. I mean, because look, out you out look. Dan Burke is the definition of extrajudicial. That. <laughs> <laughs> It seemed like a bounty hunter type coach. Like, 
But I mean, you look at these, but <laughs> you know, if he's standing on them, maybe he doesn't need to be standing. I don't know. But we look what he's done to, to solid offensive players. He, he did this to TJ Warren, to, uh, uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah. Um, these yep. guys, yep. you know, like they came in and, uh, uh, with with a certain skill set, and they left, you know, or still have, or they developed a, a better skill set, and it's all on the defensive side, and it just it just makes them better all around players. I think you, you can know? say that up and down the yeah, roster I mean, for the history of the roster, right? I mean, you talk about right. like a Thad Young who came in as a decent defender and became an incredibly like game changing defender, or a, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about does Roy Hibbert have a career without a Dan Burke? You know, stuff like that. Like this guy has changed a lot of careers and i remember when when miles turner first came into the league his rookie year like w- I, we were all excited for him to get going but uh, i mean i also remember very clearly him like falling down in the lane because he was getting turned around on <laughs> on uh you know just getting mixed up in in the action that was going on and i mean look at him now like you know he wants to be defensive player of the year because he should be in the conversation every year he's you know one of the leading shot blockers and and that's not all he's good at you know he's he calls he out where to be. all the defenses yeah. in, uh, every time down the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So he's my guy. I don't know what Dan Burke's aspirations are, but I hope that Kevin Pritchard at least sits down with him and talks about so, his vacancy. Right. Some other so way. Dan Burke has said over and over and I over again that he does not want to be head coach. I know he has. Right. But you still got to have the conversation. You got to have that conversation. And I'm not I sure agree. that I want – I'm not sure that Dan Burke is, is a head coach either. But yeah. – I don't know. I'm not there every day. And what he has provided to this organization over his years here is way more than, I mean, any assistant coach is given uh, that I'm aware of. Uh, right. When you combine, you know, not only the output, but the tenure, right? Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So we're, uh, we're getting near the end here. Um, a sad one. Uh, the He Gone Award. Or maybe it's not sad, depending on <laughs> depending on who you're talking about. Uh, Joey, who you got for the He Gone Award? He's definitely not so coming back next the, year. Yeah, we, we're sure this player is not coming back. Um, and uh, it can't be Nate McMillan, because we know. Uh, Too late. Yeah. Players only, baby. Well said. Um, <laughs> this is tough. I mean, I think uh, our our core we've got together and, and under contract for for some for this next season. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, who's who's even who's eligible? Uh, well, so yeah, you could trade somebody. I mean, that's the, so sure. everybody's eligible. Um, you know, the guys that contracts are coming up is Justin Holiday, Jakar Sampson, uh, Alizé Johnson. Uh, that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, but anybody can be traded at any time. Sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> um, I think, uh, you know what? I think Jakar Sampson, it, it maybe in a good way, played himself into some money. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, I feel like, uh, he he was good. I was happy. You know, I was happy he's on our team. But 
I think somebody like that may be able to to get a decent contract somewhere. You know, pick up normal rotation minutes uh, somewhere in the in the league. Like, see, I I, I agree with you, but I'm I'm gonna disagree a little bit. Like, I think that he's, I think he's earned another contract, and I think he's earned it with us. I think we're gonna give him not a ton of money, but there's not gonna be a ton of knocks on his door. I think the problem is Justin Holiday. I think somebody's gonna give him. Uh, a contract we can't afford. So that's my vote. Not Jakar. I, I get it. I, he played very well, but I think we could still bring him back for low money. I don't think we're going to be able to afford Justin. All right. All right. I'll I'll uh I'll stoke the, the flames here. Uh, uh, so, yep. Boo. There we go. I've been teetering back and forth, but I got two names written down. One is Oladipo, and one is Miles Turner. Oh, oh my no. goodness. My preemptive boo is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one of those guys is not on our roster next year. I think that while we did not get to see the uh, Sabonis-Turner um, experiment in full because we didn't have the full lineup together, we definitely got lots of minutes of them together, and... It was relatively successful, but I think that it's clear that Sabonis is the better of those two guys um, <clears throat> going forward. And the way that the league is going, um, it's it's just hard to, to – you don't see a lot of teams where there's two gigantic dudes out on the floor a lot anymore. And the fact that we run – as we evidenced in the uh, the Miami series, we run so much stuff through Sabonis that when he's not on the floor against good defensive teams, especially, we get exposed, right? Now, obviously, there's a caveat there because we'll get a new coach. That person, you know, will be able to open the checker box and then at least play around with those pieces. But um, I think that the, I think that the firing of Nate McMillan is a signal that there is more change to come with this team. I think I'm going to, so, I'm going to, yeah. which one do you, which one are you on, saying? I'm going to land on Turner as my, he guy. Okay. Okay. Cause I think that they're not ready to, I think that they want Oladipo as part of the, the future there. He's, sure. he went to Indiana He's the kind of superstar that you could see convincing to stay in Indiana long-term. They're, they're hopefully in conversations with him as this coaching search is going on and, you know, folding him into the process and whatnot. But so, yeah, I'm landing on yeah. Turner. So because we only do this once a year at the end of the year, I had Victor Oladipo written down. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that, um, come the trade deadline, we're going to have to make some very hard decisions if we haven't already locked everything down that we feel like we need to in the offseason. And I'm just not convinced that Victor Oladipo, with where his stock is right now, is willing to stay in Indiana. I love Vic, and I hope he retires a pacer. That said, you know, a lot of guys in his position want to go to the you know, a team that already has two guys like the LA Lakers, right? And go win a championship and 
it's hard to hold that against him. Uh, and my fear is that we land ourselves in a position where we get nothing back. Um, on some level, if we were to trade Oladipo for good stock, we'd still be wet left with Damanis Sabonis that we got out of the Paul George trade, and we could say to ourselves, you know, we did really well here out of Paul George, right? And potentially getting new talent, maintaining Sabonis, uh, and having a way forward. I said, I, I hope it's not the case. I hope he's healthy and happy and wants to retire with us. Uh, but I fear that the, you know, the draw of the big markets and rings uh, may be too much for a guy who's seen his team swept out of the playoffs a couple years running. Okay. I I don't disagree with that, but I do wonder if um, if he was going to join a team that has two stars already or is in a big market, whether they have the money, the 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 thirty million dollars a year, you know, if he wants to be paid like a superstar, like the number one guy, there aren't that many teams that can do that, right? Um, if they already have two, there, there are a lot of teams that can do that, but there aren't a lot of teams in contention that can do that. Is what I'm saying. Um, right. Well, if if they were to sign him as a free agent, yes. If they acquire him through trade, right, right, where they would have to give back assets, obviously. That are, I mean, if they're over cap, you know, whatever that are sure. But then they can resend their own guy twenty percent. But then they can resign him, and teams right. like L.A. Miami. Don't care about the money, right? The other yeah, LA. They've, they've proven <laughs> that they don't care about going over the tax. Right, right. We, now, right. We're, and, and, and actually there was a big article in the paper, uh, the actual paper, um, that talked about how we can't, uh, probably can't afford him uh, as a small market team. We have a bunch of guys that were paying $20 million a year, and that if we paid him his full $30 million, uh, we would be far over the cap because, because of all this COVID stuff and stuff that the, the uh, luxury tax isn't going to go up high enough and we're not going to be able to afford $30 million. Um, and so that's the other thing team, is we yeah. have 125 million in committed salary right. already right. next year. Yep. Yep. Right. And this is a team that does not like to go over the, the cap. At it's all. never gone right. over to the luxury tax ever. Yep. And so we're that gets you to the it. nightmare scenario in which we trade miles Turner to make room for Victor Oladipo. And then, and then he leaves. Both. Yeah. Why'd you even bring that up? So, what's so what's now what's the he gone is both Miles Turner <laughs> and Oladipo <laughs> and Jakar Sampson and Justin Holiday. Boo. We're losing all four of them. Is that what we just decided? It's all right. We have the president and we have Sabonis. We got a chip and a chair. A chip and a chair. And Aaron Holiday. We got, uh, We're not losing Aaron. Aaron Holiday. We a. got CJ McConnell. We got Doug McDermott. Oh, let's move on. I can't. I can't. We got our new overlord, TJ Warren. Like, (laughs) okay, all right. We have plenty of talent. Like, we got we got TJ Warren getting paid less than thirteen million in twenty twenty two. So we've got two more awards left. Uh, Do you want to go with? uh, Let's go with the LVP since we're talking sad things. Let's just stick with sad. Let's just get it all over with. Get it all out, and then we'll end on a high note. Harper, who's your LVP, your McBuckets. least valuable pacer? McBuckets. McBuckets? Whoa. McBuckets. I thought he had a way better season than last season. I almost made it my most improved. You're serious? I mean, Did he was way better this year. Did you watch the bubble sh- at all? Okay. 
I'm not talking. It's just not. Games. It's not just the bubble all season. Like he he made. Like I thought he was terrible he last year. Ten points a game. I know. Doing helping change the offense off that bench by running around and running off screens. He, hey, he look, everybody really else is well going to go with TJ Leaf. I had to go with somebody else. It's McBuckets. <laughs> the guy was like the we, – we got him at like 1201 on free agency. He yeah. was our first pickup two years ago. We actually yeah. thought this guy was going to be who he was in Chicago. But it turns yeah. out that if you don't play him 30 minutes a night and he can't jack up 15 a game, he's not that guy. This guy yeah. is underachieved for us. He can't play defense. He Look, cannot. He's a great locker room guy. I, I don't hate McBuckets at all, but he's just, you know, he's yeah. not worth what we're paying him, and he looked terrible in the bubble. He did look bad in the bubble. And we couldn't play him to in the be playoffs because he couldn't play defense. 10.3 points a game is his career high. So. By .1 points. Sure. Um, he also... Uh, had uh, effective field goal percentage of sixty uh, percent. He was the league leader or the team leader with an effective field goal percentage this year. Whatever. Sure, but he was fifty nine percent last year. Yeah. And I okay. wouldn't argue that twenty eighteen nineteen was a you know no it was not a banner year for year old McDermott for Doug right. buckets. Right. Yeah. right. All right, controversial pick from Harvard. I'm just trying to leave the field open for you guys. Go nuts. <laughs> TJ Warren you fashion got? time. Go get it. Uh, well, you know, I think I think we had a big enough sample size. Uh, I know he got hurt, uh, but Jeremy Lamb for me was yeah. was. Mm. Uh, mm. He was Kicking not enough. Him I, I, I was expecting. I mean, I I feel bad. Um, he is injured, but he played. I think forty six games or something like that, and and uh, forty six games. But yeah, like twelve and a half points is is you know less than his average last year, and uh, I, I expected more. You know, we're, we're we're paying him more, and he was. Uh, I don't know. In my mind, he was supposed to to to, to be a scorer and get more stuff done, and. He's my guy. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he was put in a tough spot, right? Like, he was brought in to be a backup. A six-man, yeah. Right, basically. And uh, similar to, you know, a la TJ McConnell is the type of guy that understands his role and wants to excel in that role. And then we get here and he's forced to do non-Jeremy Lamb type things. <laughs> um, and I thought he I mean, he had moments, you know? Um, sure. I will agree that he was a bit, a bit underwhelming, right? Yeah, I um, thought he was disappointing as well. But hopefully he recovers from that, um, you know, knee surgery, comes yeah. back, and can play the role that he wants, you know, yeah. that he is suited for, which is, which is uh, you know, six man, basically. Um. All right, I'm not gonna walk. You know, dodge this bullet. T.J. Leaf is the least. <laughs> like, like what? What happened? What? What happened? Well, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this? It's like is, he, he, 
I mean, and who, like, with guys like this that are borderline NBA players, like, early on in their career, it really depends on coaching and the advice that they get, right? Like, and, and it seemed like the advice that TJ Leaf got from whoever the people are around him sort of switched between his first year and his second to third year, and it really put him in a place where he didn't excel at any particular thing, you know, and you have to have an elite skill if you're going to survive in the NBA. So, you know, early on it was get in there, be a, a, a three-point shooter, and mm-hmm. he did okay. Shoot he shot, what did he shoot? 43% from three-point range is his wow. rookie season. Um, that dropped off a cliff because somebody told him, you know, no, you need to put on weight and be a banger and get rebounds. Go grab That's rebounds. how you're going to make yeah. your 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 money in uh, this league, and he can't do that. So, um, yeah, I feel bad for the kid at some level. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I do too. I didn't realize that he shot 44 percent from the line this year. Like, add that on to all the other stuff. Like. Ugh, poor guy. Yeah, he's got no rhythm. He's got he's got nothing. Nothing's going well for him. Um, I'm concerned he's going to be out of the league uh, after his contract with us. I I agree that he is the oh. LVP. Folks I mean, show. if somebody rolls the dice, he better play a hell of a lot better than he did this year. Uh, well, maybe a new coach will unlock him. You never know. But this year he was the LVP. I agree. Um, so what is the deal? so you got to explain this contract to me? So he's under contract for next year for sure, mm-hmm. and then the following you get a year, four like year a qualifying con- offer. Yes. So when you're a first round draft pick, you get four guaranteed years. No, you get two guaranteed years, and you get the the next two years are team are options, team options. I believe. Well, at some point we guaranteed those options. Apparently, at least okay. his contract is. You're right. You get two and two. Uh, when you're drafted, but he, as far as I can tell, looking at his contract, he's guaranteed next year, and then we have the first option on him the year after that. But I don't or know why we, we would have done that. It. Why would or we have like done we that? could extend an offer now and say we really love you, Teach. Let's. Yeah, I don't. I don't we'll think there's a reason mil. why we would have done that. Actually, there's no way no, that no, it's no, guaranteed. That's for the for the fifth year. Is you can offer do the qualifying offer. Thing. No, I understand that, but why would we have guaranteed something that was team because op- you always have the first four years and then there's a qualifying option at the, at the fifth year, right? And then that's he'll the be whole an RFA, right? Next year he'll right. be yes. No, next so, year he is under contract with us. We Next already picked up that. We extended. It. That was yeah. a team option, and we picked it up. Yeah. And then the following but year. But why did we like, pick it up? Why did we already pick it up? That's my question. Well, I, think you I mean, have, we were worried I think about when you his make confidence? the decision after year two, it <laughs> to pick up years. his next two years. Okay, I that think it's makes two sense. years. Yeah. Okay, and at that point, yeah, sure, he's shown enough. And these rookie contracts are really cheap. Had he's he? a warm body. He had not. I, I don't know that he had shown enough for two years, but but in the NBA. Uh, rookies are cheap, and so yes, they are. You yeah. kind of have to yeah, fill it's... out your roster with cheap contracts, so it's not like that horrible. But and then yeah. maybe you hope he makes a leap in the third year. He I'm telling have... you, new coach is going to unlock him. Becky Hammond is just going to see uh, his potential and make him a a baller. My real question is, um, 
would letting a TJ go throw off the chemistry of the team? Is three TJs the right number? Is two TJs the right number? I, I think three is one too many. Three teams. is one too many? Okay. Okay. So Two's the I magic just, number. I think that I heard this during the playoffs that there's only been four TJs in the history of the league. Is that true? Yeah. And we've had them all. We've we had have, them all. We've got them all. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, shout out TJ <laughs> Ford. To the Pokemon of TJs. Did you know he was a McDonald's All-American? TJ Lee? He is super tall. He could shoot. Um, he also was uh, a teammate of Aaron Holiday at UCLA. So well, they're probably True. still boys. Maybe we should keep him around. Yeah, I mean, he he sh- he. <laughs> they probably he be go very out. happy that Holiday and I think Kuzma was on that team as well. Maybe. Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah. They all the draft stock all arose because they were all very good. All right, we're going to round this thing out with uh, the most valuable pacer. Uh, who wants to get us started on this one? Most valuable pacer, uh, Joey. What do you think? I mean, right now, I mean, I think it's got to be, I think it's got to be Sabonis. Okay. I think he's uh, like we said, everything everything runs through him. Uh, so when he's not on the floor, we look like a, a wandering puppy. Uh, so wandering puppies are I mean, cute. He's, he's they're endearing. I mean, his numbers are great. You know, he's double double machine. He, you know, like rips it up on the glass and uh, bit of solid passer. Um, Without it, I mean, this season Old Oladipo was in you know recovery mode when, when he was playing, and so I think this year it's uh, uh, Sabonis. Hard to disagree, uh, Jason. Can you? No, it's Sabonis is our best player. Night in and night out, when that dude was on the mm-hmm. floor, he was our best player. Uh, averaged eighteen and a half and twelve and a half boards, throwing five assists there. Not a lot of dudes in the NBA have done. Uh, I guess he didn't quite get to twenty. Twenty ten and five or something like that is a real exclusive list of people. Mm-hmm. Um, super excited for this dude to get back playing next year. I, I was bummed that he had the injury, the plantar fasciitis, and couldn't play in the bubble or the playoffs. Um, gets a nice extended time. Get that all healed up. Get your feet right. Get your uh, conditioning right, and come back next year with get another All Star. I, I agree that uh, Domas was our best player this year, uh, but I'm going to say that our most consistent player and therefore our most valuable player uh, was TJ Warren. Um, from mm. the, the beginning of the season to, to through the bubble to the playoffs, he has been he hasn't always been our best player. He hasn't been our top scorer, um, but he's been the most consistent. Um, you know, before the bubble, I believe that his Average was right around the same as DeMontis's, around 18.5 points per game. And after his explosion in the bubble, he's up to almost 20 points a game. But, um, you know, take out the bubble, I still think he was there night in and night out. The kind of stuff he did on the defensive end, um, you know, he played 67 games for us, which, um, you know, with a team racked with injury, only... uh, TJ McConnell and Justin Holiday played more games than him. So as far as the guy in the starting lineup, he was our most consistent player. Um, and I think uh, 
this this uh, season that exceeded expectations uh, until the playoffs largely goes to uh, the way that T.J. Warren came to play every night. Mm. So beat him in games played. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quick correction. It wasn't Kuzma. It was Ball who went to UCLA. Some oh, yeah. crappy yeah, Laker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I won't. Which, which Ball? The L one. <laughs> Lam- Lam- is it Lam- Lamello? What's it Lonzo. Narrows it down. It was Lonzo Ball. Um, I will remind you that MVP is most valuable pacer, not player. Therefore, I will yes. take Victor Oladipo. He is the heart and soul Ooh. of our team. And um, even when he's not on the court, I think he's got just a huge effect on this locker room and this organization. Um, and I hope he decides to play here forever and retire. Shout out, Vic. Shout out. All right, Joe, get us out of here. That's fair. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we will after the pod. We'll just have a fist fight out in the out back, <laughs> out back of the internet. <laughs> out back of the internet. Oh, God. That is the last place I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> out front hey. of the internet is horrible. You're not even – I thought you weren't getting on the internet anymore, Colson. I, I, I promised, yeah, after, after last episode, I've decided yeah. to not get on the internet anymore. Just stick to your newspapers, buddy. That's right. That's right. You can get the similar depressing stories, but no uh, soul-crushing videos. And no comment section, which is... That's what I'm all about. Which is key. Yeah. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, And if you disagree or agree heartily with any of our awards, let us know on social media. Uh, you can tweet at us at uh, when you're not when when you don't listen to me and you go on Twitter. Send us a tweet at uh, Undebeatables. Colson, you look like you got to say something. Footnote. Yeah. Well, no, I just realized that we didn't do uh, defensive pacer of the year. It's uh, it's Turner. It's Turner. Turner. Jason doesn't agree. Samson. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I knew th- I knew there Facebook. was one more. There's always one yeah. more. You know what? That's on me. I didn't. Uh, it's on you for putting Colson in charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never put Colson in charge. You know, I always think about that story where uh, Jason had to come up with all of the end of the year awards, and he was on the plane. <laughs> And he was like, what's the sixth award? What's the sixth award? And it was the sixth man of the year award. I think about that more often than I should. It makes me laugh all the time. We are on Facebook.com slash The Unbeatables. Uh, our website, TheUnbeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. Uh, you can rate and review us wherever you're listening, of course. And uh, we got t-shirts on the website uh, slash store. For our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Slick Leonard. Turn out the lights, the party.
is over. Alright, so if you go to careers.mba.com, uh, I got through to uh, the listing of all the jobs that are open, at least through the, the website for the NBA. Sure, is head coach on there? No, there's no head coach, but the 76ers are uh, hiring a sport and data scientist. The Spurs, Bad IT science. technical manager. Bad at IT. IT intern. Uh director athletic performance for the wizards dude you should apply for that uh spurs it technical manager job i could do that be like you do love the spurs pop lovage yeah infinite <laughs> I'd, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll splice uh, a little uh, audio clip of you loving on pop for so much we could put that on your yeah, yeah, yeah. your audio resume yes uh junior sous chef for the 76ers bad at cooking what about oh how about this one massage therapy associate mm, I got bad hands <laughs> that's what I tell the ladies Men- oh, oh no this is it right here for the six seventy sixers. this is it mental performance coordinator mm, okay for the 76ers yeah alright I could do that I mean I could probably do it for the seventy sixers. <laughs> That's <laughs> You suck. You suck. You suck. <laughs> Your fans you suck. Okay. <laughs> you suck. Wait, is this you judging their mental performance? I'm coordinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mentally coordinating. <laughs> All the people that the... suck, you get over there. Over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. You are an okay the... guy. You and me. Let's figure this out. Here, I'll put the I'll put the job in the chat here. You can apply for it. Maybe we we should put a link I, to this too for for all the fans of the show. I don't, uh, Harbor. I think you, you. I don't know if they let you do this remotely though. You may have to move to Philadelphia. Mm. I mean, if I get to spend my days telling the Seventy Sixers that they suck, I might <laughs> might just do it. <laughs> They'll probably pay for moving costs, right? It's totally worth it. <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> uh, nope, you got to be a team player. Sorry. Yeah, I'm on Team John. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. He's, you... he's been on this podcast for eight years. He's not. He's That's a team true. player. You guys have only kicked me off twice, and you let me back both times. So. Can you embrace a dynamic, changing, diversified workload? Sure. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> sure. That was your mock interview. Your high other buzzwords. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you uh, do you have excellent communication skills? Are you a trusted and discreet professional? I mean, more than their last coach for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no I fake Twitter accounts. None. <laughs> 